Hi, everybody. We're super, super excited to announce that this episode is being sponsored by Jade Leaf. Jade Leaf is a matcha company that sells Japanese matcha, which is directly sourced in partnership with local Japanese family owned farms. Some matcha powders use inferior powders from other parts of the world and try to pass them off as Japanese, but not Jade Leaf. Jade Leaf uses stone ground matcha making practices, which are the truest and most ceremonial parts of making matcha there is. Jade Leaf's pure matcha powders are low enough in calorie content to be negligible and as such do not reignite your metabolism or even break your fast. More so, it has actually been shown to increase the effectiveness of all the benefits of intermittent fasting. Most importantly, Jade Leaf offers fair prices. For the quality that Jade Leaf offers its customers, the price is really attractive, approachable and affordable. And last but not least, Jade Leaf's pure matcha powders are Whole30 approved. Not all matchas are Whole30 approved. So knowing a trusted source like Jade Leaf offers Whole30 approved powders is a huge, huge plus. And we're really excited to offer our code Matcha Mondays on all Jade Leaf products. For our US listeners, you can use our code at checkout at jadeleafmatcha.com. And for our Canadian listeners, you can use our code Matcha Monday on Amazon at checkout for 30% off, which is super awesome. So thank you so much again to Jade Leaf for sponsoring today's episode. Welcome to Matcha Mondays. We're two West Coast girls hoping to connect with our audience to discuss all things matcha, our favorite sneaky snacks, mental health, self-love, and of course, body positivity. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Matcha Mondays. Today, we are so, so, so excited because we have a very, very special guest from a very amazing company. Her name is Jules, and she's from Jade Leaf Matcha. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to be able to chat with you. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. And I'm just excited to touch on this topic because it sounds like there are synergies that the three of us share around boundaries and being people of color that I think I'm also excited about what I'm going to learn. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We're so glad. Thank you. Yeah. So just to give our listeners a little rundown about who Jules is, she is from Jade Leaf Matcha, which is an amazing matcha company that we're super excited to be working with. She is obviously a matcha lover, like all of us else here. So she is the creative marketing manager of Jade Leaf. Matcha, people, and storytelling are her passion. Outside of Jade Leaf, she is the creator of the community pages Matcha San Francisco, Matcha LA, Matcha North uh, North Vancouver. That's where I live. <laughs> um, New it's York. in the works. <laughs> Yeah, one day. I did at one point have a Canada page because hey, yeah. uh, this is when I first started it way back, like five or six years ago. Wow. And I just didn't have the capacity. That's uh, okay. But... I'll handle the matcha territory <laughs> over here. Yes. Yes. Okay. So matcha New York City focused on helping people discover matcha in SF, LA, NYC. And she's also the co-founder of Saint of Steel, which is a nonprofit focused on supporting displaced communities by curating makeover events which is just so cool we've got a really cool gal with us today (laughs) oh thank you yeah so we're super excited to be doing this episode all together but before we get into it what are we drinking should we be surprised that i'm drinking jade leaf matcha (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, what are what are you both drinking? I'm so curious. Yeah, I actually, you know, bubbly. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. So I was feeling I need something kind of like refreshing today. So I did just a cold peach bubbly and then I poured matcha in it. Sounds good. It is like good. a spritzer. Yeah. What How about you, Jules? What are you having? I'm having a bulletproof matcha. Uh, mm-hmm. So I tend to fast, do intermittent fasting um, during the weekdays. Mm-hmm. So this is the final round of my batch that I made this morning. But it's pretty yummy. I made it with our tea house ceremonial grade matcha, mm-hmm. which is one of my faves personally. I know I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but uh, <laughs> ceremonial grade. It's okay. Team ceremonial grade. <laughs> this is a safe space. Yeah. What about you, Mira? I am having same as you. But I did a latte and I did it with oat milk and lavender syrup. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. I need to step up my game. <laughs> Sometimes I need a little sweetness, you know? <laughs> Gotta mix it up. So, like Jules said earlier, the topic that we are going to discuss today is drumroll, please, boundaries. We always talk about boundaries on this podcast, our journeys with them, our struggles with them. The good things that have come out of them and the stressful things that have come out of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually really excited that we are talking about this because I feel like a lot of people have reached out to us and even just discussed boundary setting with us and how it is really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think being young adults, it is harder for us because we're just starting to learn how to do these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. I think it's not talked about all the time. So I'm excited for us to talk about it because I think we should be talking about boundary setting and how it is healthy and it's totally okay yeah i'm excited to dive right into it one of my favorite topics yeah talk about it a lot (laughs) i know because when we were talking about collabing together and bringing up different topics and boundaries came up you can see all of us were like yes like we all just pounced on it (laughs) i know it's so exciting we were all like yep this is this is what we need to talk about (laughs) i know so what are boundaries you may ask we got this info from this website. It's called Psych Central, and they are a really great resource if you want to check them out. So we're pulling a lot of info from there. And of course, as always, we're bringing in our personal twist and spin into it. So boundaries are very beneficial to have more than just defining your own identity. So having them in place, it basically just limits your exposure to stress and your body's production of adrenaline and cortisol, this which is a stress hormone. So that is a quote from a therapist. Her name is Sally Baker, and it's very true. We all need them. It helps keep our bodies regulated. It helps us feel safe. So a person who has healthy boundaries um, that make their expectations very clear can help in one of two ways. So one, it can establish what behavior you will accept from people which I always think is a very interesting thought to have because I never thought I could accept a certain type of behavior. I thought it just happened to me. And the other one is it establishes what behavior other people can expect from yourself. So you. So if you have healthy boundaries, so I would suggest if you guys are listening, just ask yourself these questions because it is important to kind of figure out where you are at with your boundaries because, you know, some of us might not realize that maybe we already do have some boundaries set in our lives. And then some of us, like Silver said, it is kind of weird to sit and think about what behaviors am I okay with and what will I accept versus not accept? So these are good questions to ask. If you do have healthy boundaries, you might do some of the following. You might share personal information 
only appropriately, so not too much or not too little. If some someone can relate to me, but I am one of those people that if I get very in the moment, I'll just overshare. And I think Silver, <laughs> you struggle with this too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess we all do. It's like one of those you you're not really sure what's okay to say versus not okay to say. So you just say everything that's on your mind, and then later you kind of sit and think to yourself. I overshared a little too much. Yeah. And I have that issue where if I'm uncomfortable, I just start talking about murder, which most people don't want to hear about. And the first time I met my partner's colleagues, I sat at the dinner table because all of them are architects. I'm not an architect, so I was uncomfortable. And I just kept talking about Ted Bundy and I couldn't stop and I took their silence as a sign to keep going, but I think they were just completely mortified. So I'm setting better boundaries. I didn't for... know it was with the architecture. It was. I didn't know it was with his architecture team. That's so funny. Another, <laughs> another healthy boundary that you might be setting if you do have a healthy Oh my gosh. She's passionate. Matcha. Matcha <laughs> really kicked in. But there you go. For those who are listening, Jade Leaf Matcha will keep you caffeinated. <laughs> yes. Yes. If you have healthy boundaries, you might also understand, like for me, my personal needs and wants and know how to communicate them. So if I can't handle a certain TV show, I will stop watching it and move on to something like New Girl. <laughs> but Aside from that, just knowing what you need and what you want and definitely being able to communicate them is very important. So it's one thing like knowing your boundaries and okay, I know I can handle this and I can't handle that, but then being able to communicate it, whether it's through your team at work or, you know, with your family members, another healthy boundary you might be setting is just valuing your own opinions and knowing that your opinions are validated and are important and it's okay to honor what you feel and it's okay to maybe feel stubborn and not want to change things for other people. It's also important to be able to accept when others tell you no, because no means no. If you do have healthy boundaries, you might also just be preserving your mental health and understanding that some things might trigger your anxiety, might make you more depressed or anxious, mm. and you might need to take a step away. And that's where you know, setting boundaries with your life and with work and with your friends are really important because you want to preserve your mental health because at the end of the day, that is all you have. So now we're going to get into different types of boundaries. First boundary is physical. This refers to your personal space, your privacy, and your body. You might be someone who is comfortable with public ways of affection like hugs, kisses, and hand-holding. Or you might be someone who prefers not to be touched in public. And um, a little story around physical boundaries that I'm I'm currently practicing is wanting to encourage that with my nephews. Uh, they're really young uh, in elementary school. And I come from a culture, an Asian culture, where I didn't realize what my boundaries were as a kid and how they were violated by some relatives. Yeah. So one way I try to honor their physical boundaries is asking if I hug them mm -hmm. and not expecting them to hug me or oh, asking... So nice. You know, because I, I find that encourages kids, but you leading by example nurtures that in their voice to also know that boundaries are healthy and normal. There's yeah. nothing wrong with saying no to an adult. 
Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yeah. I think also, I know in my culture too, it's all about honoring the elders and doing as the mm-hmm. elders say. So if an elder wants to hug, you have to give them a hug. And I remember growing up, I would be very uncomfortable hugging certain members of my family because I thought they were really freaking weird. And <laughs> I would look at my parents, and I'd be like, I don't want to hug that person. And they're like, well, you have to. I'm really glad that you're doing that for the younger gen- generation because I think that's so important because it can lead to traumatizing situations for other people yeah and like yeah not knowing especially with authority like teaching children that it's okay if you're not comfortable to to not go with whatever someone is saying and I was very lucky Mm -hmm. that the way Mm -hmm. I grew up just in my like the four of us in my household my mom never encouraged us and my father never encouraged us to hug people that we didn't know or we didn't want to and that whenever if someone came over whether it was their friend or whatever and they went to hug us as children my mom would be like did you ask her if you could hug her because we don't want you hugging our children if they have not said it's okay I really oh, appreciate your parents it. are so cool they were so cool my mom your read all so the cool. progressive parenting books so very grateful for that Another type of boundary is sexual boundaries because this is important and needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, these are your expectations concerning intimacy. So sexual comments and touches might be uncomfortable for you, actions, whatever. And this can literally even be in a relationship. When I say relationship, it could be a romantic, it could just be a friendship, it could be with family. I mean, there are so many situations where even if you're married, you should still honor those mm-hmm. persons boundaries and what they expect versus aren't okay with and that's where communication comes into play so make sure you have those conversations and no mean no and that's it and you can change your mind at any time and you don't owe anyone anything when it comes to those kinds of things so. Mm-hmm. so there's also intellectual boundaries which is something as an adult I'm learning more and more about and knowing that I can have conversations with people who I might already know have different a different belief system than I do and going into that with respecting your belief systems and the other person's and that it can be a very safe place to share in the right situations. So these are things that are boundaries concerning your thoughts and beliefs and they are created to respect yourself and that someone else. So yeah, intellectual boundaries are not respected when someone dismisses another person's ideas or opinions. So I have very close friends who have very different political and religious beliefs than I do. And I find it very refreshing to have conversations with them where both of us feel very heard and respected. And it's never a situation where we're trying to get that person to think like us. It's just we both love each other. We respect each other. We see each other where we're at. And that's pretty much it. And it's really nice to have where I don't feel like someone is trying to change my opinion. They're just saying like, hey, this is what I think. And leave it at that. I'm really enjoying intellectual boundaries. Yes. Emotional boundaries. This refers to a person's feelings. You might not feel comfortable sharing your feelings about everything with a friend or partner, or I want to insert teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, prefer to share gradually over time. And I love this one too, because I find, especially in the this age of social media, I tend to overshare sometimes um, in my stories, or I, I just can't help but like own where I'm at. And it might be really dark place. I might be very vulnerable, but I want to be as authentic. So I realize 
in terms of sharing and understanding my emotional boundaries, what I'm comfortable with and what I feel comfortable sharing with anybody, stranger, partner, teammate, friends, family members. And something that I started to, like some language I, I started to utilize is that's as specific as I'd like to be. If someone probes and wants to learn more than I want to share, that's as that's as specific as I'd like to be. Like, that's really awesome. I know I love that. And then our final boundary is financial, and obviously, as you might have guessed, it is about money. So if you like to save money, if you don't want to spend it on trendy fashion, designer items, luxury purchases. Maybe you don't want to loan money to somebody going to misuse it. It is okay to put your foot down. It is okay to say no, especially I know with family. I just know from what I've seen and heard that, you know, they always highlight that no matter who the person is in your family, if it's family, like you're supposed to help them. But I always say it doesn't matter who that person is. If you are not comfortable giving them money, you don't have to. It is up to your discretion. But then also... From a personal standpoint, I am somebody who really likes to save and I don't really enjoy splurging that often. I'm trying to work on this. This is definitely something that I struggle with. It's just kind of my relationship with money. I have found myself in multiple situations where I'm judged because I'm kind of told I act like a miser because maybe I don't feel like buying an expensive handbag for $4,000, or maybe I don't see the point in buying a really, really nice car when I can use the bus system or, you know, walk. I don't know. I I really try to stand my ground and put my foot down and just say, those are the kind of things that don't matter to me. Like I don't need a Ferrari to be happy. Like I'm fine (laughs) walking in the sunshine. Like it is okay. But I think recognizing your boundaries is really important and not falling into peer pressure. Like if you don't want to go to a restaurant with a friend because it's really expensive, it is okay to say, I don't want to do that because I am not willing to put my finances at risk for something. And I feel like also, especially with social media in this day and age, I feel like it's so easy to get pulled into that mindset where you feel like you need to buy all these things to be happy, even just setting boundaries with this. It isn't on this list, but setting boundaries with social media and electronics, I think is really important too. I love that. I wish I learned this one earlier on financial boundaries with myself and communicating what I'm comfortable with. I find that talking about finances is still, I think there's a lot of opportunity to normalize it, especially in your relationships. Mm-hmm. I wish in my, with my partner, when we first were dating, I was living paycheck to paycheck. There was a period I was living in my car. I would take home the school lunches that were left over to eat them because I, I just didn't have enough money for groceries. And when we first started dating, she was living a very different lifestyle. And I didn't feel comfortable to say, hey, I can't afford half of this meal or I can't afford to pay for it. So I literally just spend the last of my money just so I could show up and enjoy that time together. It wasn't until I want to say maybe a year, maybe several months uh, ago, where I finally shared like, man, that was tough. I wish I shared. And she went, she was so understanding. She's like, I wish I knew I, I, I'd be happy to pay. But developing that voice within yourself, the, the confidence to share like where you're at. And I think people who care about you will understand and want to support your boundary. Oh, yes. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That is very vulnerable. So mm-hmm. thank, thank you for you. trusting us. Yeah. I think it's hard. Mira and I have also came from a place where we had to always work for our money and basically like I worked three jobs and took eight courses she worked like a thousand jobs and graduated early so like 
And it's, I stole bread yeah. and peanut butter from the dining hall yeah. all the time. Yeah. And like, I remember <laughs> being with my friends who were a lot more affluent and not as mindful with their money. And they were getting it from family members. And I was very young, but we would go shopping and they would be buying all these things. And I would have one top that was like 10 bucks, but like, I knew I couldn't even buy that. But I felt so pressured to do it. It, that I would go up to the cashier and they would run my card and it would be insufficient funds because I knew that. I knew it was not enough, but the embarrassment behind that and it was better for me to get all the way up to that point for some reason to be rejected by the cashier than just saying to my friends like, actually, I can't afford to spend the same way you guys do and maybe we could do something else that doesn't involve this. Financial boundaries are very hard to set, especially if the people around you are not in a similar situation, because I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful at this point right now with Mira, like I am saving like crazy, and I've been struggling with that a lot. And it's really refreshing to say to a friend like Mira, like I want to do this, but I can't afford to. Whereas I might have friends who are like, I know you're struggling, but let's go for dinner. I'm like, I can't. (laughs) So just putting those boundaries down and like luckily having an amazing support system now around me that would understand that. It's very nice. And I'm definitely practicing those boundaries, but very hard to share. (laughs) Yeah. And it's always like, I understand being kind of like anxious and embarrassed about it because I feel like there is a negative connotation around like, saying, hey, I can't afford this, or hey, I can't buy it. But also, people need to understand and respect that not everyone wants to buy or put money towards the same kinds of things, Mm -hmm. because we all have different interests, right? I don't see anything wrong with that. So I think really standing your ground is important when it comes to that. Be your advocate. And we're here too for anyone listening, like, it's okay to put your boundaries down for stuff like that, especially if you're struggling, you're trying to save for a specific goal that's meaningful to you. We're here with you. We're doing the same thing. So you're not alone. Alrighty. So that was a little rundown of what boundaries are and what healthy boundaries look like. So we hope that you're taking this time to be mindful about what we just said and maybe review your personal, sexual, intellectual, emotional, financial boundaries and see where you're at. But let Let's talk about where we're at. Where are we at with boundaries? How are we feeling? (laughs) So today in this current chapter of my life, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm finally in a place where I feel confident communicating and maintaining my boundaries. And it's taking me over two years to get to this point. It's been such a crazy journey in self-discovery about what my needs are, in what environments I could be, thrive and be the most successful. So it's been pretty illuminating. And every day I find that I learn so much about myself when I do communicate and maintain a boundary because it's not easy. It it sucks, honestly. It sucks being in the feeling of discomfort when you zoom out. And from my experience, when I've zoomed out and I realize when I focus on the outcome, what am I trying to achieve from this interaction with anyone, a stranger, a teammate, my partner, a friend? It's really because I want to show up as my best self in those dynamics and I don't want to hide aspects of who I am. So I realized I had to be my greatest champion and I have to have courageous and difficult conversations to make sure that I'm prioritizing my needs and my mental health. And last thing, 
I learned that in this process, my boundaries have changed. It changes depending on who I'm talking to. Yeah. Uh, I might have a boundary that I communicate and realize that there needs to be some flexibility on my end. So I, I constantly check in with myself. What am I comfortable with, with this person or this group or situation and try to kind of course correct in, in the middle of it so that I could understand what my needs are in that moment. So the flexibility aspect has been the most important that I've learned recently. I love that. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. So nice. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I you. Know. It's taken a long time to get here and I like the piece of you saying that like sitting in that discomfort because I keep thinking if I keep going like this which is uncomfortable in a different way but if I just don't have strong boundaries I keep letting people cross them that's uncomfortable but it's way more uncomfortable to actually do the work and set those with people but I always find when I'm uncomfortable I grow because I learn with that discomfort comes so much growth and then afterwards it gets a little bit more comfortable the more you work on it and then I think either I'm a very uncomfortable for a long time or I'm a little bit uncomfortable I learn I grow and then it just becomes secondhand so so where I'm at with my boundaries is I'm honestly really struggling and I didn't think I needed them until probably last year. I remember every time I went to therapy and I would share stories about people who have basically just done me wrong. They were like, well, did you tell them this? And I always was upset because I'm like, it's not my fault. People are mean, like whatever. But I was also allowing the behavior. So whenever I thought about how do I want to be treated? And I would like to be treated very kindly. I think most people do. And I would like people to recognize my life and that I'm a person and that I don't have time for certain things. And I would rather use that time to better myself or take care of myself. And that's that whole preserving my mental health piece because I had a lot of people in my life who required a lot of attention and a lot of maintenance and a lot of favors. And it's unfortunate, but like I'm very multi-talented. I can do lots of things. And my friends would take advantage of that and not necessarily in a negative way because they're like, oh, Silver can do it. She's so good at this. She can get it done so quickly, which is true. So of course I would say, yes, like you're my friend. I will go do this. Oh, I have time. I'll go pick up your dog. Like who cares? Like off I go even though I could have instead used that time for myself to decompress, to do something I wanted to do for myself. But I always figured if I had the time, if I love this person, if I care for this person, then I should do it. And I was also really afraid if I said no, how that would affect our relationship. I basically, and actually I credit Mira a lot for this because I would be telling her about my friends and she's like, did you say no? Like, why did you not just say no? No, you need to say no. So I started and the reaction I got was one, a couple people were not happy with it, but I was very clear. I said, you know, I love you. I care for you, but I need to care for myself. I need to say no because I don't have time to do this. I, instead, I would like to do this and valuing my time enough 
to say, I need to sit on the couch and drink a cup of tea. And that's important. I'm sorry, I cannot go pick up this for you, even though I live around it. Today, I need to do this and just putting my time and making it more valuable. I started doing that and I have a lot better relationships with friends, but I still struggle with it and I'm working on it all the time. And I've noticed that it has only changed my life in a positive way and given me a lot more time to reflect on like what I want in my life, what I accept in my life and who I want in my life because the people who were basically just essentially using me for acts of service, they pieced as soon as I said no because I guess that's all they wanted me for. And that's okay with me. Like, I don't want that energy in my life. And I want people who will understand and respect my boundaries. And I like that a lot better. Yeah, so that's kind of where I am at right now. And so, Mira, where are you, how are you feeling? Where are you at? With my boundaries, honestly, for the most part, my boundaries are pretty good. I would say, however, I have had some major breakthroughs, I would say, this year in terms of just knowing my worth, knowing what I accept in relationships, be it friendships and dating. Dating has been honestly a big struggle for me, but I'm really glad and happy that Silver has been very helpful throughout that process. Cause what I realized, and it was funny cause I was telling her this like, I don't know, was it yesterday or two days ago? It was me, her and her partner. We were all like FaceTiming together. And then I was like, you know, what's so interesting is I am sitting here right now, self-reflecting and thinking it is so crazy. The stuff I would accept in past romantic relationships and how I let myself be treated, how I had no boundaries, how I would just cater to that person's needs way more than my own. And it's only been maybe like a year and a half now. And mm -hmm. fast forwarding now, and I'm just realizing like, wow, like the moment somebody says that they can't meet me halfway, or they can't honor my boundaries or what I want, especially in a romantic relationship, I'm literally like, okay, bye. And then I just peace out. And it's kind of crazy <laughs> that I've made that progression. I told you that Silver two days ago. I was like, what the heck? like that's so crazy so it's nice to see that evolution and I kind of agree that the more boundary setting that you practice the better your life does become because the people who aren't meant to be in your life just remove themselves and you, the universe really does take care of you in that way it's whatever you deserve you keep and whatever you don't need and doesn't serve you will find a way out or will take itself out or maybe you'll have to remove it. And that's something when I say I made a big breakthrough this year, I think it was when I had a person that I really considered very close to me kind of violate almost all my boundaries in one night. And I had no idea what to do. And I remember I called Silver because I just had no idea what to do. I was so shell-shocked by the events that unfolded. And I, I talked about this in the previous episode, but being able to finally put my foot down and advocate for myself was one of the most terrifying things I've ever done, but also one of the most rewarding things because yes, this person's no longer in my life, but my life is so much better for it. So I'm glad that I'm practicing boundary setting and that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> wow. I really, I love hearing both of your experiences because it's real and it's raw and it's tough, but I agree with discoveries we each have had. It's, we acknowledge it's tough and also practicing boundaries, but also realizing that you're important too. Like I am as a human being and I am important and I am valid and my feelings are valid. It's so tough. I think, especially for young women mm -hmm. to recognize. Um, I know for myself, I 
didn't grow up in a culture where I, I don't think my voice was nurtured enough. And I'm just finding it now, 29 years later. <laughs> and something I learned from my therapist that reminded me of both of your experiences was people may not like your boundaries. They may not agree with your boundaries. They may not understand your boundaries, but they have to respect it. And if they don't, then that's the door, you know? And yeah. I think we've seen that it happens. And the people who truly care about you as a person should care about your mental health, should care about how things impact you. And boundaries overall in any dynamic, professional, personal, increases safety with you and that person. They know how to navigate conversations with you. They know where you stand. I think the difficult part about being in the space of prioritizing our boundaries is it takes people a while to catch up to because they may be in their own evolution of self and not recognize one what a boundary is or that they need them but the more and more we normalize the topics and talk about it together like we are today talk about it on social media talk about it in our relationships it normalizes it where people feel safe enough to explore their own boundaries and know that they can practice with you I think that's important too is having safe people to dialogue with here (laughs) and we're still evolving and it's it's an it's a lifelong process yeah and I think that's really important that you bring that up that it is lifelong there's always work to be done there's always things you can do to improve your mindset your boundaries your the way you handle things in life your relationships like there's always something you can work on and no one's perfect and that's totally okay and it's totally normal and yeah that's why they always say life's a journey you're always moving forward there's always work to be done and it sucks (laughs) it can be off yeah Yeah. but it's very it sucks to be in that feeling of losing relationships Mm -hmm. but When I think back, I'd rather lose relationships not meant for me than lose my sense of self and not be connected to my sense of self. I want to max out my life and I want to live my life according to what I believe to be right. And I feel like in terms of my moral compass, it's pretty aligned and, and it's taken me this far. But I know from my past experiences and all dynamics I constantly put myself on the back burner for my partner and we're in a better flow now with our communication where I can share, I don't have capacity to do the dishes. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I don't have capacity to cook. Can we order something? And she's so great. Like it took us a long time to get here, but she's so great at one loving me for where I am today. I could, I'm, (laughs) it's hard to tell sometimes, but like, I'm, probably in one of my deepest lows right now and my partner is there to like help you know pick up my slack where I can't I just don't have the capacity the boundary practicing is has been probably one of the best things I've done for myself in my relationships because it's helped me also see people uh where they're at and meet people where they're at and if they're not in a place to continue a relationship with me a friendship then I respect that that's their boundary Mm -hmm. you know and they might not recognize it's a boundary but can't force someone to want to be in my circle or to talk to me or (laughs) have a relationship with me yeah so it's it's so it sucks but it's also really beautiful and I really appreciate you sharing that as well because sometimes when someone does walk away from you in your life like I was going through a really bad period pre-covid I had like one of my worst years and I remember I knew I was a lot and being angry that people in my life couldn't handle that. And looking back on it now, I'm like, you know, that that was okay. And honestly, I got through it a little bit more on my own because 
I could handle it because I was strong enough and nobody was enabling me to learn from that experience. And that's what I learned a lot too, is that if I always run to my friend's aid every time they have a bad day, they're not going to learn how to self-regulate. They're not going to learn the lesson from that themselves. And it's so much more meaningful and important for you to not always get through things alone because it's so important and lovely to have positive support. But I've learned so many lessons on my own when people weren't involved and how very meaningful that is. And it's so lovely that you have someone in your life who's able to see you where you're at and love you where you're at because it doesn't always happen. So those people, you should cherish them, be kind to them. And setting boundaries and being honest with them is so kind because sometimes... If you don't, it's you're behaving a certain way that might not make sense to them. And you're just saying like, hey, I can't do this because I'm not in a good place. Instead of just blowing up, making the situation worse, and then not understanding where you're coming from. It's one of the kindest things you can do for yourself, for that person that you're communicating with, and for the relationship in between you two. It's hard to do, but honestly, it makes relationships a lot smoother. If you just have that foundation of honesty and good boundaries, very important. So what's working and what's not working? <laughs> um, I realized that what's working with having boundaries is that I'm a lot more self-compassionate. Mm-hmm. I am a lot more gentle with myself, especially in my like during my hard days. And um, the difficult part about exploring this was uh I cared too much about what other people thought and I would put my own projections out there and I, you know, would create my stories in my head. They probably think I'm mean. They think I'm rigid. They think I'm uncompromising. They think I'm difficult to work with or be around because I'm putting my foot down or I'm sharing, you know, boundaries are essentially teaching people how you want to be treated. And I think one in any dynamic, my family dynamic in the workplace, I'm constantly talking about boundaries <laughs> to the point where I've also incorporated some language to also help me remember what I'm doing. Because if I receive a project and I don't have capacity for, I'll have that dialogue and say, hey, I'm maxed out. Let's have a discussion about like what the priorities are. Mm-hmm. Or if there's something that I don't necessarily feel comfortable with, I'll, I'll say, I'd like to maintain my boundary by doing this and then coming to a compromise. You know, when I take myself out of it and the projections out of my mind, I realize too that, you know, boundaries don't make you a mean person at all. If anything, it's a way of respecting yourself. And like you mentioned, you both talked about like respecting other people and, and meeting people where, where they're at. And it's sticky and it's hard to articulate. But I think if we continue to have that dialogue and talk about it with people we feel safe with, we'll discover new things about ourselves and experiment with what works and what doesn't. Or sometimes I talk to myself. <laughs> oh, I literally out loud talk to myself and pra- I practice with my therapist and we role play a lot, especially for discussions that I think may be tougher. She'll pretend to be me and I'll be the other person and we'll go through each scenario and realize at the end, once I have a discussion that I anticipate would be tough, I feel a lot closer to the person, whether it's a teammate or partner, friends, where I felt like I could show up and be myself. I found that if people who care about you really care about you, they want you to show up as your best. They want you to show up whole and who who you are. That's been my experience with that. I think it's ever changing. I'm going to probably learn things tomorrow that probably don't work. 
my boundaries and and kind of fine tune them. But I think that's the part, like we talked about, it's a lifelong journey. Having that patience is important. It's also, I think, a beautiful way to zoom out and I take a step back and reflect on where I was two years ago. There's no way the jewels two years ago would even touch conversations that I navigate today. I just Mm -hmm. didn't have the voice or I don't want to say I didn't have the voice, but I didn't have the language. I didn't really know that I could advocate for myself, that 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 I could be encouraged in that way. And even in the last few weeks, I've had some pretty tough conversations in most areas of my life with people. And I feel so proud of myself now. So like, I'm so proud of you, Jules. Like that was hard and you did it. And now I I have the data mm-hmm. and the knowledge that I could get through that. Yeah. So I think as we constantly put ourselves through the muck and the adversities and we overcome and the overcoming portion may take years, it may take months, but I think when we reflect back, I can't help but think that we would feel proud of ourselves. No, absolutely. And you said it so beautifully. I'm just like listening to you. I know. I'm just like, wow. she artic- you articulate so well when you talk. Like, oh, thank you. I could just listen to you talk about anything. I'm like, <laughs> you word things so well. <laughs> you should have a podcast. Thank you. I'm also very, no, I wouldn't yeah, know. I wouldn't even know how to begin. I mean, I can't imagine the two of you, you know, doing this. And, and I just admire your energy and your effort. The topics you talk about are so real and I think they need to be normalized and and I can't imagine how vulnerable it feels for the both of you to like own your stories and your experiences to have the world listen to it Mm -hmm. but I like I share this because I one wouldn't know how to start and two the capacity I think you both have to create to one have your work lives but also do this because you care uh, Mm -hmm. means a lot and I'm sure is touching so many people. Thank you. I think Thank you. <laughs> a really a reason like why she and I feel so safe doing this too, even while being vulnerable, is she and I have created such a safe place together. Because yeah, we know that there's a lot of people listening to this, but it's just her and I. Like we're just having a conversation, and if other people can benefit from it, then we love that. And we're also hoping with relationships, especially female relationships, that they can be very healthy and they can be very safe and non-competitive and non-judgmental and so that's really what is important to us so we're happy that that you feel safe here yeah (laughs) enough to share with us because that's really important thank you for creating that space i really appreciate it of course actually you said something that i really liked because i felt like i resonated a lot with what you said but you said something where the jewels two years ago wouldn't have been able to have or hold the same kind of dialogue that you're holding now and I think that's so important to just self-reflect because you might be like for those who are listening you know sometimes you you might be in a space where you don't have enough room to be able to self-reflect and fix these kinds of things like I was telling Silver this a couple days ago the Mira I was like literally like a year ago I wouldn't have been able to do half the things like like I mentioned navigating dating and how that's very difficult for me the conversations that I've been able to have with the people I've interacted with to the like to these days like I've been able to literally just lay everything out and just say these are my expectations this is what I know I deserve this is how I want to be treated and if you can't do that I don't want to be but like the fact that I'm able to say that now mm-hmm. is so crazy to me because literally two years ago I would never speak for myself I'd be like okay that's what you want to do okay I won't say anything 
this is how you want to treat me okay I won't say anything now I am so not afraid to advocate for myself and say what I want when I was seeing this one person like I think day two I literally just laid it out I was like I just want you to know that this is what I want and if you can't do it we don't have to date anymore like it's fine goodbye <laughs> I just think it's so important that it is, it's okay if you don't have that space. Because I was telling Silver, the reason I think I'm able to do it now is because I've had that time to sit and think and process and do the work and self-reflection. And I've gone to therapy and I've processed so much. And I've talked to so many people about how I feel and just self-validating and just so much literal self-reflection and self-love and self-therapy. And that is why I'm at where I am today. And that's basically yeah, what I want to say is it takes time and it's okay if you aren't that place right now. Mm -hmm. It's just important to keep it in mind and like one day you will find the time to do it and then put in that love and care and effort. I love that. I find the connections are made when you're ready to receive it. And sometimes the same lessons keep coming up and they're tough. But I think when you've heard it enough times and you're in a place where you're healing through some tough things, those opportunities to see yourself, like truly see yourself for where you are today and own it, I think reveal your, itself to you. And it's such a beautiful unfolding and unraveling of self. <laughs> I just love that we're talking. I love this topic. We take like a breathing moment. I, feel I know. Like Should we run through some quick fire tips and then wrap this baby up? Yeah. I'll just share some quick things that I've learned. So I think the one thing to acknowledge is that you are important too. You mm -hmm. matter and your needs matter. So boundaries help you prioritize you and your mental health. They do not make you a mean person. And to circle back, most people may not like, understand, or agree. But again, they have to respect it because if they want to maintain some sort of relationship with you, in ways, it's a non-negotiable. Yep. Um, otherwise, they're asking you to disown a part of you. So that's something to recognize. One thing I like to do is I practice communicating my boundaries with people I feel safe with, my therapists, partner, friends, work bestie. And it's, it's helpful to have a sounding board. So you can first hear yourself say it out loud or write it out, but just seeing it and seeing what your needs are, I think helps process how to navigate moving forward. Something I recognize for myself is it's been very difficult establishing boundaries in the workplace for many reasons. As a child, I have always in elementary school, middle school, high school, not that I've tried, but it's just a part of who I am is I want to set precedent and be a change maker. And I, I always want to figure out how I can improve something, an environment. And, and my mind just works that way. A friend of mine shared, you set the precedent for any space that you're in. So you could either add to it, right, by intertwining parts of your being and making it better than what it was, which I think is beautiful when you have that room to do that. You can take from it and not give anything um, and not change anything. And I've always taken that route of wanting to be a change maker. And it's exhausting. It is so exhausting to want to, you know, in any space, in any dynamic, to want to find ways where I could troubleshoot and fix and improve. Not that everything needs fixing, but I think there are definitely areas in most of our lives that need more attention. I find that when you're in a space in the workplace to, to share and be honest, it again creates safety and and i think that specifically boundaries in the workplace needs to be normalized especially in this new season of our lives like we're not gonna go back to normal there's no such thing as normal at this point we're evolving what normal was mm -hmm. and in terms of how we navigated work most of us a lot of people work from home and it's hard to turn off in my experience i'm so mentally burned out 
sometimes where things ruminate and in my mind at night where I had to set clear boundaries. One, I stopped working in my bed. I just needed for my sleep hygiene, I needed to respect my bedroom as a safe space for me to unwind and be and I couldn't associate it with work. And, you know, tough conversations I might have at work. And I started some things I started to do was I'll, I'll have camera off days because even being perceived in a visual way is mentally taxing yeah. to be on constantly is tough. I started to uh, right now my background is blurry <laughs> in the a call, but something I started to do was I'll have a static image behind me so that I can pr- also protect my physical space in a virtual way. Yeah. Where, you know, if you're working from home, would I invite a worker into my home or my bedroom? Mostly not. <laughs> yeah. So I think the same sentiment um, is something that I, I like to keep in mind virtually is just protecting my space. And protecting people in my space. My partner sometimes is here while I'm working and I don't want, you know, I want her to feel comfortable walking through our home and not feel like she has to avoid parts of my frame on camera because I'm talking to someone. I found that too, being able to show up and, and authentically and do amazing work is something that I think especially for women, is difficult to do with boundaries in the workplace because I find, and and this is personally and professionally, I think there's an expectation, at least what I grew up in my culture, where women are supposed to be enthusiastic and courteous and warm and inviting all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's exhausting because sometimes I don't feel like smiling. Sometimes I don't feel like having small talk. And I think that could be me not smiling or me not being positive or energetic could be perceived as me being mean or negative, which I, I think it's important to have that dialogue with people in your life, check in, okay, what do you need right now? And how can I support you? Mm-hmm. As opposed to expecting people to play a role in, in this version of who you think they are. Yeah. Um, do you too have some tips? For me, um, in terms of how I set boundaries, a lot of it is just me assessing kind of the situation. Because a lot of times, you know, it is kind of one of those things where I'll realize right after or kind of late in the game where I'm like, oh, I think one of my boundaries in my head was violated. So a lot of times I have to just sit down and kind of process the good and the bad of what happened. And it's very uncomfortable because, you know, my the way my mind works, especially just like with all the trauma I've experienced from being a kid and just being up until my age now, the way my mind works is after something really awful happens to me, I table it, I put it in a very tightly locked safety deposit box, and it is tossed into like the dungeons of my mind, which basically means I can't remember and I can't recall. And that happens with a lot of my trauma. Um, There's so much I've gone through that I just can't remember anymore because that's just how my mind protects itself. And so with boundary setting, it is a bit difficult for me because I have to work very, very hard to ensure that I can still remember what happened before my mind locks it away where I can't access it. And I know Mm -hmm. it's because my mind wants to protect me and I'm so grateful that it does because honestly I think if I remembered every single thing that happened to me I think I would fall apart and I wouldn't be able to be the way I am now but in order for me to set these boundaries I have to know what happened so it is very uncomfortable for me because I'm fighting against myself to just remember and to assess and to think and a lot of times what helps me is to 
call a friend or talk to my therapist or honestly like write it down and just be like okay this happened to me and this is how I felt and this is what you know the boundaries that I think were violated and this is what I think I need to do Jules you mentioned how you talk to yourself like sometimes I have to do that and I do it through writing because I think sometimes talking for me like I don't want to hear my voice <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to hear myself talk so I'll like, write on paper but that is like one thing I like to do and then another thing for boundary setting is just like not to repeat the same mistake over and over and over in that letting myself be violated over and over I think like just the situation I mentioned earlier where I had to stand up to somebody I thought would never violate my boundaries ever for me to do that was really really scary because my anxiety was flaring up I called Silver and I told I was so freaking anxious because I was scared to put my foot down but I she was like well if you don't now you're just gonna keep letting yourself get violated like this and have your boundaries walked all over and I'm like okay you're right it's just about doing it then and there and it's about not letting it happen over and over mm. so I think those are like my biggest tips is to just be very mindful and to not table it like let yourself recognize that you are, like you said, you matter, you're very important and you should be the first priority. So if you are taken advantage of, you need to spare yourself then. Like you don't wait as a woman, especially, you know, someone who identifies as a woman. I love that. And it's interesting. I think when you see other women in the workplace, like really owning their voice and communicating their needs and their boundaries, I always gravitate to people like that. I know when I see friends who are just bosses in their roles, like not like, yeah, from a leadership standpoint, but they're just a boss in who they are. Yeah. I like, I want to spend time with them and I want to learn. And I've learned, you know, things that I, I've incorporated into my life. I've learned from watching people that I admire and people that I respect. Mm -hmm. And when you hear people champion for themselves, like you just can't help but be happy for them. Like mm -hmm. you may not agree. But it's like, wow, that, that took a lot of courage. Mm -hmm. And I respect you for that. So thank you for sharing, you know, your experience as well. Cause it's, it's so again and again, it's tough. I think the more and more we have this dialogue with ourselves and with each other, it's a little bit easier until there's a new thing that we have to learn about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but definitely and um, having that support system, I think is so nice. Like when you have a group of yeah. people that understand in the safe space to talk, I think you're right. It does get easier. Mm -hmm. because yeah. you know at least there are other people that relate to your experience uh one last tip i think is, i think i would be remiss not to touch on is boundaries on social media i think we're so in ways connected but disconnected and i've i've set boundaries on social media that have helped me tremendously from like a mental capacity and there are so many more features now on instagram that have helped me like restricting access i've learned over the years not everyone deserves access to you Yep. And you can you in the driver's seat of who gets access to you and how they get access to you. So I love the feature of restricting people. I love hiding my story. Um, I don't I think love it's that mean. Too. I do. I do. <laughs> and you know, I think it's important too to have control over some aspects of your life that make you feel safe and comfortable. And you know, in the light of um, social media and work, you know, navigating work dynamics and relationships. There was a time years ago when like MySpace, <laughs> it was so new. Yeah. Um, like social media was such a new concept where you would not friend or follow a coworker. It was just an unspoken thing. And today I think those lines have blurred tremendously where, you know, I do, I love being connected um, with people that I've worked with and have worked with in the past. But I find that for me, there's just a certain level of privacy I want to maintain for my personal life that I don't think I want to share and I don't feel comfortable sharing. So 
I think it's it's also important to talk about how we set boundaries uh, virtually in social media in that interesting world because most of us spend time <laughs> looking down at our phones that I think what we, you know, setting boundaries around unfollowing pages that aren't healthy for us, that trigger us, uh, or people, muting people on Instagram stories. I love that too, because <laughs> there are some things that I see that are triggering and, and I want people to live their lives, but I don't want to see it or yeah. I don't want access to it. So I think it's important to also recognize that it's okay to do that um, from a social media perspective as well with yeah. friends, teammates, family. It's healthy. I love the close friends feature. It's so nice, you know, <gasps> only select people can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The only other mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. which I think kind of tied into what you were talking about, Mira, is like remaining consistent in your boundaries because I struggle with that a lot too. And of course, it can be person-dependent, situation-dependent, but sometimes I'll be really good at it and then it's kind of like you take like a medication for your mental health. You feel better, everything's working, so you stop taking it and then everything gets messy again. But that's what I find that I set really good boundaries. I'm really proud of them. And then I kind of let them slip because things are better. So then I let these people back into my life how I used to. And it's the same. So boundaries are there for a reason and maintaining them and being consistent with them is important for yourself, but also teaching those people and letting them understand and know that they can't just like come crawling back in once things are cool like they need to respect them yeah and just taking it slow like as Jules said like starting out at work is a really good step like work you're supposed to have boundaries they're kind of unspoken and I struggle massively with that because I work very closely with people and they're very vulnerable parts of their lives and it's hard for me to come home and shut that off and not think about them or cross any boundaries but it's so important when you're working in my field to have those boundaries for yourself and for the client and I try to remind myself constantly these boundaries are here for me but it's it's easier for me to do things for other people so if I think about it this is for them like this will help them learn this will help them develop this will help them live better lives and learn more, then I, it's easier for me to do. So if you're unable to, at this point, set those boundaries for yourself, set them for someone else because they do benefit you anyway. And if that's an easier, smaller step into setting stronger boundaries for yourself and others, then it's a good and positive step in the right direction. So I think that's all the other things I wanted to say about that. I like those tips. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, that's all we have for today. That was a lot. And thank you so much for being here, Jules, and sharing and being so vulnerable with us. We definitely really appreciate having you here. And I'm sure our listeners will too. Do you have any like socials you'd want to share? Anything so our listeners can interact yeah. with you or maybe see what you're up to? Yes. Um, so uh, to find Matcha, our Instagram is at jadeleafmatcha. Uh, we're also on Amazon. Uh, our website is 
we're constantly building out and introducing some new and exciting products. So I'd recommend staying in touch there on Instagram. My personal is at Matcha Jewels. One of my boundaries is sometimes I disconnect and deactivate my page. So if you try to find me and I'm not there, I'm probably having a moment and <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> but actually on the topic of matcha, if you guys, our listeners, would like some matcha from Jade Leaf, we actually have code with them, which is mm-hmm. super exciting. So if you guys get anything from their website, which is, I, I believe, jadeleaf.com, correct? Correct. Jadeleaf.com, you can use our code matcha Monday. no S, just matcha Monday, mm-hmm. and get some coin off and enjoy your matcha and let us know what you think. Yeah, get that matcha mm-hmm. money. And for our Canadian listeners, you can use our code matcha Monday on Amazon at checkout. Yes. For 30% off. And join us on our matcha journey. Thank you both. <laughs> I appreciate you both so much. And again, thank you for allowing me to uh, share my story and connect with you both. I, I really thank enjoy Thank you so much it. for being here. <laughs> I love our vulnerability. It makes us strong. Yes. So thank you for doing what you do every day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Sorry. It was just so nice to have you. I know. It was so nice to chat. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in, guys. And... As usual, you can follow us on Matcha Monday's podcast on Instagram. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, if you didn't know that already. (laughs) And if you guys have any suggestions, comments, concerns, questions, want to just chat, DM us. We're always responding. Yeah. With that being said, have a great Matcha Matcha Monday. Monday.